0: the make it a great day movement and the teen suicide prevention society the suicide prevention show where we are all about making suicide a thing of the past we are celebrating the day when no one sells themselves on leaving being better than staying we want you to stay we need you more than you know I'm Jackie Simmons, I'm the host of the show, and that's not the most important person in the room right now. The most important person is the person we're gonna to speak to next. Quinn Cashon is going to be our next speaker, and I cannot be more excited. Why? Because if you know my story, you know being busy is something I was really good at being. Yay, here's Quinn. Whoops, here she comes, there she goes. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, got it. All right. So I'm super, super happy
1: to be here with you, Quinn. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and always have a conversation with you. It's always enlightening.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. And so we're going to enlighten the world and you're going to help me out with this. Um, and yeah, we got people who are excited. You got a fan club.
1: All right. Know. All
0: right. It's gonna be a great conversation because I got a new definition of busy. The last 24 hours, I have been busy at a level I have never been before Mm. because the tech crashed and my landing page stopped talking to my customer relationship management software and all of my emails that I had so carefully crafted and so beautifully designed. None of them went out. Um, so that's been my busy. I have been manually sending emails, etc. So we're going to just take and get me out of busy. All right, Quinn, do some magic on me. Get me okay.
1: out of busy. Okay. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> and it's so interesting how we naturally think of being busy is the doing piece. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting to flip it and talk about how when the mind's busy, the things we have to do feel overwhelming. And it's possible to have all those things happen and be calm in a way that just you just be able to just get it done, you know, without too many hiccups. Um, or at least you know where it's coming from instead of being consumed by it or gripped by it. So I, I did prepare a slideshow, if that's okay with you. Oh, awesome, awesome, Great. awesome. Please
0: share your screen. Okay. All right, so what I'm gonna do is move things around so that people can see more of your slides and less of us, how's
1: that? Okay. Cool, all right. All right, so being what busy. That? What? So what's that got to do with this topic of, of um, preventing suicide? Um, and preventing us from living our best lives really. Um, And this is what I think about when I think about a busy mind, you know, it's little monkeys (laughs) in my mind is that monkey chatter. And so everybody has different monkey chatter in their minds. They're either really stressing out about things that are coming at them, or they're having some really negative thinking about everything that's happening, like, why me? And, and she doesn't like me? Or, you know, why did they do that? And so we have a lot of negative thinking about life. Or we have that monkey mind of just extremely multitasking. And so when we're, you know, cooking and doing some dishes or looking at our texts because we, we have a few things to finish off at work before we sit down for dinner, um, but our child's trying to talk to us at the same time. Um, so that's, that's a lot of stimulation going on in the, in the brain. So. If we want to look at what we're talking about today just around prevention of suicide, we can have a lot of chatter about that as well, we can have a really busy mind about that. You know, what do I say? I'm afraid to ask anything because it might make it worse. Or I'm just feeling overwhelmed with the behavior that my child is showing. Or where do I start? Um, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what I should do first. Um, I'm really worried about my child. So there could be a lot of thinking that we're having just about what step do I take first? And so how do we slow that down a little bit so that we can have... Um, make some wise decisions about what to do next. This was a statement from a dear friend of mine that really had a huge impact on me, where he talked about our mental state is where you're at. It is not who you are. Our mental state is where we're at. It is not who we are. And so there's two things that are going on here when I think about that. Where you are at can be in anxious thinking, it could be in stressful thinking, it could be in worried thinking. So that could be, that's on the surface, but underneath all of that is who you are. And who I am is not gripped by the mental state I'm in in that current moment. And we wanna be able to tap back into who we are more often. And so the question always becomes then how do we do that? So there's a lot of different philosophies out there, different approaches. And um, I brought these in because these are sort of common questions that I get with the work that I'm doing. Um, One of the big ones is mindset, having a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. When we have a fixed mindset, I think of negative thinking, I think narrow thinking. um, I only see things one way. It's kind of like Growth is possibilities and fix am starting to narrow in in terms of the way I see a certain situation or my belief about something in particular. Mindfulness goes a little bit deeper than that. It's like, okay, well, what if I do have fixed mindset and a growth mindset and I kind of bounce from one to another? Well, mindfulness takes us to the place of quieting our minds a little bit. So it asks, invites us into a practice of deep breathing, of, of going inwards, letting... Uh, thoughts float away. So there's a lot of practice around that. And so there's a lot of uh, ways that we do that. And so it's, it's sitting down and doing that. But my question is, well, what happens if I'm in the boardroom? <laughs> it's a heated conversation. Um, I may not be able to f- go into my practice of mindfulness. So that's where I go with the human operating system that is what is to me is the foundation that is at the core of who we are as human beings. And that is the place. Once we understand how the mind truly works, the other two just naturally happen and we don't get bothered by a fixed mindset anymore. We just notice it. And we start to tap into our wisdom for growth. We tap into our ability to quiet the mind more easily in any given moment. So those three Kind of ripple out into different areas of our lives. So, this is where I just want to. I love taking a deep breath, and I, when I think of water, and just sort of that statement that I said earlier about who we are versus um, the state of mind we're in. So, the surface of the water can be really stormy, it could be a lot of movement going on, and, and you know, just a lot of things going on. But if we go deeper into the uh, bottom of the sea, there's a lot of stillness and there's a lot of calmness around there. Well, our mind works the same way. So for an example, um, uh, with what happened with you with all the, uh, <laughs> the technology today, you know, there was a lot of waves going on in your mind, you know, just a lot of busyness going on because yeah, you had to deal with things. But I'm pretty sure that there was a calmness under there that got you to handle it and get it done because here we are, things are working okay. <laughs> so you could see how we can have that busyness and yet there is a deeper part of us, that core part of us that just knows how to handle things and gets things done. One of my colleagues, Dr. Shimi Kang, wrote a lovely book called The Dolphin Parent. And in her book, she talks about how humans are hardwired to have lives of vitality and joy. It's what we are meant to achieve so long as we work with our nature. And I love that quote because it really talks about the human operating system because it is designed perfectly. It is, it is the way we tap into our vitality and joy at any given moment and be able to do that deep dive into those calmer waters. But we get stuck in the ways we get stuck in a lot higher um, the stormy weather sometimes and so we want to start looking at okay that is part of where i'm at right now but who i am is not there that's not my nature my my core nature is is something different so how do i tap back into that so i'd like to invite you if you have a piece of paper and pen to maybe just Think about some of these questions, and where's your state of mind or your well-being when you think of those things? So, when you're at home with your kids, when you're uh, with your friends, where does your mind go with all this pandemic stuff going on? What about in a difficult conversation? I know with my when I hang out with my friends, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm above, I'm at eight, nine, ten but in a difficult conversation, I'd love to be there. I am some of the times, um, but I also notice most of the time I end up being a little under five. (laughs) So I'm still working on that. But the gift for me is that I see it. I see where it's coming from. I see that it's not coming from the outside world. It's coming from my state of mind in that moment. So just pay attention to that um, as we go through some of these slides. One of the metaphors, because when I think of the mind and, and really looking at mental health, it's really hard for us to really understand how to communicate that. How do we communicate that to kids, for an example? And even some adults, we don't have that language to really um, bring us back to what truly is going on with our inner life. So I use the sun and the clouds. I, I've gone into classrooms with kids as young as, as five and, um, and worked with teachers, educators, and parents. Um, so these are some of the metaphors that I use. I have a whole bunch that I, that I use, but I find this one the most helpful because it brings us back to nature, uh, which is a really wonderful metaphor I find to really help us understand the inner weather that we have. So the sun is at the core of who we are. That is our innate mental health, that is our innate resilience. It's not going anywhere, it didn't go anywhere, it's never been damaged, it's always there. I work with um, women who who have experienced trauma and just letting them know that they're not broken. And so the fact that they could see that this health is in them, it's always there and it's never been damaged. So what is that health? What does it look like? And when do we know it's there? Well, you know it by a feeling. You know by, wow, I'm really open to this conversation and I'm letting things roll off my back. I'm not taking it personally. I'm curious about how the other person sees their world because it makes no sense to me at this moment. I'm finding I'm more patient in conversations that I wasn't before. Feeling calmer in my body that might be stormy out, out in the world. <laughs> like there's something going out in the world that's really challenging, but I'm calm and I'm walking through it with a greater ease. I've got clarity. So clarity of how to fix things, how to deal with things in the moment. Feeling loving and understanding. I'm able to listen better to somebody and really hear what's going on behind that pain that they're um, presenting and i feel peaceful inside and lighthearted um we just find ways to feel grateful in life but you know the sun always tends to go away for a while when we get in when we see the clouds outside the same with our inner life we could see clouds and that's when i'm I drop, I, I get in, I get stuck in my emotions of, you know, if I'm frustrated about something, I'm, I'm judgmental about how somebody does things and I don't like how they do it. Uh, I might be getting angry about something. I have some black and white thinking about uh, the world. Um, and that's just the way I'm seeing it. So that'd be more like a belief system. can feel overwhelmed about something, anxious, worried, Suicidal thinking is not just one cloud, there'd be a lot of clouds, really stormy clouds, and to the point where you do not believe or you don't even, are not aware that you have a sun, that you have this wisdom, that you have this ability, this innate ability to have a good feeling. And we don't know that we've never, nobody's taught us that we have this innate ability to re-experience, regain that our bearings, to um, not lose touch with who we really are. But the monkey chatter brings us into our clouds, and some can be dark and stormy, and other can be light and fluffy, and so we go up and down the scale all the time. So going back to the well-being scale that I showed you earlier, where are you at with your family, with your friends, with the pandemic, in conf- difficult conversations, where, where, how do you show up to those situations? Are you more in your sun and you're open to exploring and finding new ways to see the world? Or are you just stuck in a belief system, stuck in, I can't see it any other way and just, this is just the way it is. And we go up and down that all the time. And the more we start to ground ourselves in understanding how the mind works, it's amazing how you start to see yourself um, going up and down the scale, even in the middle of a conversation. That to me is the most fun thing that I I get to experience from time to time. So do we go from hope or despair? And what takes us into one versus the other? Fixed mindset, despair, growth mindset, hope. Mindfulness, where we're grounded, is hopeful. And the operating system helps us see that both of them is happening. And we go from one to another. And sometimes when we have insights, we get a little closer to being more hopeful and staying more hopeful. Dr. Bill Pettit is a beautiful um, psychiatrist, uh, because I love his work. And he came up with the the, um, saying of, never broken, nothing lacking. And a lot of people who've experienced trauma, who've experienced uh, difficult situations in their lives, they feel like something's wrong. And underneath that is that innate health. And it's not broken. It doesn't need to be fixed. I don't need to add resilience into you. I don't need to show you how to do it. It just needs to come out. And sometimes it's that broken open kind of idea. Around this. So how do we take that into conversations with people and have a communication where we can really understand someone where they are feeling pain? And how do we communicate in a way that pulls them out of that or helps create an environment where they can either talk about it or move through something um, in their life? So how do we do that? And one of the things that um, Dr. Pransky wrote in his book, The Relationship Handbook, which I really love, is talking about communication as a neutral transport container. So think about the tube between you and me and the feeling that I have is what you're gonna pick up. It's not gonna be what I say so much. It's gonna be the feeling that I'm coming from when I say those words. And that to me is really powerful. So we think we're saying some really good things to our kids, we're you know, using that, that positive language and yet the feeling that they're picking up is mom's stressed, mom's worried, mom's angry. So how do I shift that from creating that communication tool to transport that love and understanding that I have to my child? So love and understanding. Is where I need to start from. That is my default setting as a human being. That is when my state of mind is in the sun. <laughs> I give myself permission to just drop into this beautiful well of resources that I have to l- listen deeply to somebody who might be struggling. So here's some three ideas for you to take away with and to give it a try and see if it makes a difference in some of those conversations that you find really struggling, that you're really struggling with. The first one is your state of mind. First and foremost, it's really important to understand, am I in my sun or am I in my clouds? I remember one day coming home from work, my daughter was acting out, and I went into my one, two, threes, she was younger, so had all these techniques set up, and none of them worked, and it dawned on me that my state of mind was cloudy, so I took a break, I took the time out, had myself a cup of tea, started getting dinner ready, started to take some deep breaths, and what what occurred to me in that moment was, wow, she's out of sorts, And she's not normally out of sorts, starting to see her health. So I was able to go back to her in a completely different feeling. And the rapport between us was connection. It was warm and it was beautiful. And what happened was I was able to listen to her for her health, not her presenting behavior. And that's where we get stuck. We get stuck in behavior instead of looking at, Hmm, I wonder where her thinking is at the moment. Where is her state of mind in the moment and how can I help draw out the health so that her state of mind can shift? So I'm gonna take questions here. I'm just gonna stop sharing my screen for a moment. Awesome,
0: all right, so there we go. (laughs) Yeah, note to self. um, when we're doing those full screen presentations, all tab is how we can get behind. To, so yeah, you know, it, It's a craziness with tech. So cool. That was lovely information, Quinn. Oh, good. You have such an amazing calmness about you and with the way that you deliver information. So we're gonna open it up to Q&A. And first I have a contest because I like contests. See, I know a secret. I know that your brilliance shows up in one-on-one conversations and that you made an offer. You said, Jackie, can I do consultations with people who are on the show? And I'm like, yes, and based on an earlier speaker, yes, and not for everybody who shows up because your time calendar, it would just fill up. And Quinn, I respect your time as being valuable. So I wanted to make the offer to people who were here live and just to say, if you would like a 30 minute conversation with Quinn, you can just pop your email in a private chat to the panelists and we'll be able to see it and we'll get you set up. We'll make sure that you can connect with Quinn. So that's how, this is a little different from all of the other things that we've done so far. And welcome to my world. We do things a little differently here. So if you wanna continue the conversation and by the time we're done talking, Quinn, I suspect people are gonna wanna continue the conversation and it is for the first five, All right? Just to be clear, Mm -hmm. it's the first five people who put their email in, then you'll get the contact information. You'll be able to schedule a conversation because As beautiful and elegant, and by the way, I loved that slide with the conversation balloons and the busy mind and and all of that. Yeah, being busy almost cost me my daughter. You know, being busy, the distractibility, the, um, oh, maybe I want to have that conversation, but I'm not sure, so I don't, and I can justify it by being busy and so your ability to give us some tools that will help pull us out of busy that's a beautiful beautiful thing. So the first awareness of you know sun or clouds you know make it a great day is all about choosing the sunshine but you got to start with being aware yes. of are you in the sunshine. So what was your journey Quinn? What was your journey to figuring this out? Because I know you worked where angels fear to tread in my point of view. Oh, maybe I'll clarify something. I'm the founder of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. I do not work with teenagers. I survived raising three girls. (laughs) How many
1: kids have you worked with? Oh, I would... hundreds. Um, I worked with a nonprofit organization for three years uh, with the prevention of eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And so I went into um, the school system and worked with elementary school kids, mostly um, looking at resilience and looking at teaching them about the power of the mind, because A classroom, there might be one dealing with an eating disorder, but there's bullying, there's depression, there's anxiety. There's all these surface things that we've talked about. And I love going into the innate health that they have, and they don't realize that they have. And so, that three-year project took me into many classrooms, um, many uh, groups of teachers that I educated as well, as well as parents and school counselors. Wow
0: lots yeah. and lots going on there. You know, how did you end up in that field?
1: Well, interesting. I, my career actually started in the beauty industry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: now here's the journey. All yeah, right. that's the journey. Yeah.
0: What did you do in the beauty industry?
1: Well, I, I did everything. I was, uh, I was an aesthetician, I had my own aesthetic studio. I was a trainer for several European lines and I, um, trained, uh, estheticians across uh, Western Canada. Um, But I also what one of the things that I loved about what I was doing, and that really was a thread through all my work was working with young girls. I did self development courses for girls and really helped them with skincare, their relationships, but I didn't have a real good solid background on relationships So it was only my personal experience and i was in my 20s then (laughs) so you don't have a lot of experience and knowledge and so when i left that industry i turned beauty inside out i went back to school became a counselor and that that work has just um, evolved in so many beautiful ways i've had the opportunity to be in the jail system i worked with women in jail Wow. Um, I've, I've worked with youth at risk in the col- at college uh, we had a program at college there um, and currently I work with uh, women who've experienced trauma and helping them get getting back into the workplace so it's been a, a beautiful journey in you know how doors just keep opening up and and one of the things that I want to share from a personal um, perspective is I went through a divorce I'm raising two daughters on my own And I would have never thought that I would be doing the work I am doing now. I started working with single moms because I was a single mom. I knew what it was like. And I, because of the work that I do, it was like, I'm the voice of my daughter was really important to make sure she's grounded in that. And she's able to communicate that to whoever's in her life. And so that was just natural for me to start working with single moms because I knew what it was like. And then women who experience trauma, I I get their stories. And so, yeah, it's just, it's amazing how our personal experiences like your own opens a door to what didn't realize that it was there. I think our personal journeys point us in
0: the direction of our purpose. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that's why I love hearing, you know, how did you get here? Yeah. Because the ability to share our story in a way that makes a difference is probably the hallmark of making a difference in the world. It's just that the communication is so important. And I hid from it for such a long time. Um, I say that I had a, uh, a label stuck to my body that said, mother of a suicidal child. Mm -hmm. And that label, I was so afraid people could see it, that I would do all kinds of things to prevent people from getting to know me. And it wasn't until it sort of got removed rather abruptly um, that I got the clarity around the fact that it was not my daughter's story that I was afraid of people hearing. It was about my story. It was the challenges, the decisions I'd made, the ability of my family, or actually the inability of my family to communicate clearly on the topic of emotions. You know, this was the route that was preventing me from standing up and speaking out on anything that mattered to me. I could talk to you about what mattered to you, but I couldn't talk about what mattered to me. Hmm. And that level of vulnerability, the lack of it, prevented me from pursuing many of the opportunities that came up. It actually made me prevent my daughters from pursuing opportunities that came up for them. And it's the, just about lack of awareness. Now, when you went on your journey, you got exposed to some really cool um you know,
1: methodologies and processes and stuff. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so going to school to be a counselor, you learn all kinds of theories. And it was like, you know, which one felt right for me? And none of them did. <laughs> so I was really, it was, you know, I don't know why it did nothing felt right. But one of my dear friends, she's um, in her 80s now, lovely woman. Um, she introduced me to three principles that, teaches us about how the mind works, not the brain, but the mind. And it's a greater power source that we have to tap into that resource that has no labels on us. It doesn't create any labels. So it doesn't matter if somebody tells you you're depressed or anxious or whatever it might be a, a parent of a suicidal child, like those don't matter in the greater scheme of the operating system of humanity. And so that just resonated with me big time. Now it took me a little while (laughs) to see how my mind really worked and how I got gripped by my own personal thinking, because our personal thinking it's powerful. Mm. It's that data bank in our brain that when I get insecure, I go, I go into. And so we all have our favorites. Some people get angry. Some people get anxious. Some people go into worry mode. You know, we all have our thing that we go into when we start to feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And when you could see that you can shift that, and we all do, we don't realize that we do, is when you have those aha moments, when you have those insights, you no longer go back into those you don't get as gripped by those
0: emotions anymore. <laughs> okay. So you said three things and one of them was about the mind and you can, I, did I miss another one? I, I, I lost track. I'm sorry. I got so fascinated. What was the next step?
1: Oh, so the three principles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. So I call it my T formula. <laughs> so we have thought, which is the power of thought, not the content. So, okay. Tell me more about that. The
0: power of thought, not the content of what I'm thinking.
1: Yes. So I'm not concerned about what you're thinking, content, black and white, negative, positive thinking, but I, I'm just looking at how you're using the power of thought in your life. So are you using it more? If we want to go into uh, mindset, are you using it more from a fixed mindset perspective, or are you using it from a growth mind perspective?
0: So it's really just about discerning where you're directing your power. Are you directing it to staying locked into a behavior or into exploring more opportunities?
1: Yes. So behavior is always coming from the power of thought and how I'm using it. So, so that's, so T is for thought, power of thought, Uh, E is for energy Ah. Our mind is full of amazing energy. It's kind of like the power of electricity. It's, we can't see it. It's formless, right? So energy source is formless. Okay. Now I plug in my lamp and I have light. And if I plug in my computer, I get something completely different. Mm-hmm. So when our mind, when we plug into that energy source it lights up what we see. So in that energy source is where I get new ideas. I get aha moments. I, I have a fresh idea. It's when you're really stuck on an issue and you're, you're try- your mucky mind's coming in, right? It's like, I'm trying to fix this. I'm trying to fix this. And then you go and have a cup of tea or um, you go for a run or you do something and an idea comes in. It's like, ah. That's what, I, that's what I need to do. And you have no idea where it came from. It just popped into your head. Or you might be talking to a friend and something occurs to you that's completely different. It comes from a different place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the energy source behind all things.
0: Got it. Okay. And so that's the T
1: and the E. What's the A? Is the awareness. Oh, okay. So we're aware that we have a sun when we're aware that we have an infinite number of possibilities to deal with an issue, we start to see things differently. So I'll give you an example. This three principles is what I teach children as well as adults. So I was in a grade five class and um, middle income community that I was in, but suicide kept coming up in my reflection sheets that I was getting back from kids going, wow, this is really interesting. I've never had that in all the classes I had taught that different kids would be bringing up that word. So I don't know if it was on the playground or if they were challenging me, or it was just where their minds were at in that moment. So I addressed it. And so we looked at it and we had this beautiful conversation actually, because we pointed them back to the three principles that they were learning in the program because they started to see, well, what does, we talked about, well, what does suicide mean? Fixed mindset. That would be, you know, we only see the world, the tunnel vision, that this is the only way I could see the world. I'm, you know, Oh yeah, big concrete thinking. It's the ultimate
0: of a fixed mindset. It's when you see only one option. Yes. That's when people actually take their own lives is when that's the only option that they see. It seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah. So that's a, thank you. Because that is actually a very functional example of a fixed mindset when you only see one option,
1: no matter what the topic is. Right. And, and so one of the things that the kids said was, well, that means perfection. You know, I have to be perfect in everything. I have to get straight A's. I have to uh, be the best at piano. I have to be the best at sports, you know. And if, if we have a parent who's very demanding of those things, um, it's just they don't know what's going on inside the child, they could be really narrow in, narrowing in on their um, way of looking at the world. Um, and it's, they feel very con- constrained. Uh, in many ways, and gripped by that thinking that they're having. So then I said, well, what if we weren't perfect? What would happen then? I said, so, well, it's the opposite of being perfect. And they said, well, being imperfect. It's like, okay, well, let's look at that. And so they, we came up with all these things. It's like, you know, failing, um, uh, not getting it right, uh, being more relaxed. You know, so there's all kinds of different ways that they were talking about being imperfect. And I go, is that okay? And so then we started talking about cloudy thinking and, and then open-minded thinking, you know, the sunny thoughts that it's like, wow, it's okay not to be perfect. <laughs> it's okay not to, uh, it's okay to fail because failures, you know, is success turned inside out. You don't learn things sometimes if you don't fail at something first, right? So they started to see all these possibilities that going oh and i can see their little minds i love this moment in my classes where i got to see these minds start to open up because they start to see things differently Mm -hmm. so they see things this way fixed mindset and then all of a sudden they have these aha moments and it goes oh i can see it differently life can be different, I could see my parents different, I could see they're upset differently, you know, so they start to see different ways of looking at the world and looking at their lives. Cool. The idea
0: that we can start to see things differently, that that's what you're talking about is the opposite of a fixed mindset is just sort of, it's almost like one having, you have to have a guide almost to get started with this, but then you also have to give yourself permission to continue with the practice of having an open mind and being able to explore other possibilities, and it's just such a wonderful conversation. Mm. So Quinn, what is it you wish I had asked you? Wow, yeah, I mean, I've been playing Stump my panelists today with that question. Yeah. Like, like oh, uh, hmm, yeah. What is it you wish? Okay, I, had ever-
1: I got. Yeah, I'd love to see this go global. Okay, so you because you wish- because mental health right now we're looking at what's not working, mm-hmm. and we want to get in touch with what is working. We want to get in touch with that innate gift that we have to be resilient as human beings. I mean, I, I work with, with women who've experienced trauma in their lives, who've been through domestic abuse, and the amount of resilience I see in these women is mm-hmm. amazing, okay. it's incredible. And yet they don't see it for themselves at the beginning. <laughs> and then they start to go, oh, wow, yeah. Those insights, those, that, that wisdom spoke to me and I made changes in my life. I, I was able to break through and do something different. So, one of the things that I'm working with is a global organization called the Web Web of Wellbeing. And we are highlighting uh, the work that we're doing about these principles in children and really letting people see that once we show children how their mind works, it helps them academically, it helps them in their relationships. It helps them feel more relaxed um, and feel more joyful in their lives.
0: Wow. Okay. So I'm Googling the web of well-being as soon as I can get my fingers to type. So um, is it, where would somebody get more information? Because I'm, well, actually, I think I'm finding it, but I'm going to, if you had your druthers, the web of Um, well-being? Webofwellbeing.org, I believe. Got it. Okay. I see it. Web of well-being and promoting health and well-being. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to grab the uh, website so that we can put it in the chat. Um, that's just absolutely lovely. What a great idea. Okay. So when you said going going global, this is the mission. Aha. All
1: right. So putting that into the chat box. it's so- great. People so we, we started that a few years ago, actually in 2017. Um, there was 10 of us that came together from four different countries and we started evolving this project about what does that look like? And, you know, what's possible. <laughs> Talk about growth mindset. We we all came together and the beauty of when we're in a growth mindset is the, uh, the meeting of the minds, you know, and then that's, when you're even in in conversations with with somebody who might be struggling there could be a meeting of the minds of finding solutions and finding the next small step to leading us towards health and well-being awesome
0: cool all right so a meeting of the minds on a global scale so the web of well-being, I loved it. The, uh, the visual, just for those of you who, who hadn't, didn't get a chance, I didn't share my screen, but it's um, a W and a world in the middle. So wow, you know, yeah. what, what a great energy because you were talking about energy and I love the way that you put those pieces together or whoever crafted the system. The journey that we are all on wouldn't it be nice to be wrapped up in a web of well-being mm. now if you're looking at one of the key components of becoming suicide proof you know becoming safe in the world it would be this experience and expression of being wrapped in a web of well-being you know that's the kind of web we want to get caught up in people so this is lovely quinn i'm glad that you had a, something you wish i had asked you yeah, because yeah. I did not get this. You know, this is cool. That's yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. All right, so last chance. Anybody have any questions? Anybody want to you know, pop anything in that we can address for you? And in the meantime, Quinn, we met because somebody said, this is who you need to talk to. Yes. This is, I think, one of the questions that I just want to invite everyone to start asking When you get into a conversation with someone and the energy is there, before you leave that person's presence, ask them, who do you know that I should meet? It's the one time I let people should in a conversation. Actually, there are two times. One, this is the one public one. Who do you know that I should meet? Now, if you don't like the word should, you can always say, who do you know that it would be a good idea for me to meet? Should is short. (laughs) so (laughs) this is the network that we're in so if you know someone that Quinn should meet this is the time that you could put that into the chat as well or if there's someone that you want to meet you can put that into the chat because we're building a tribe here we are building a community of people who have great resources great ideas we're all kind of dealing with the same storm but we don't have the same boat We're not all in the same boat, just in the same storm. So while we're all in this storm, what I'm calling, or my friend Taryn actually created this, the worldwide stress test. Yeah, we're all in this, it's a common global experience. So the fact that you all are using this to fuel this initiative of the web of well-being,
1: it's just perfect timing, Quinn. Yeah, that's great. I have to say the logo, uh, we did a, a contest with children and so children um, submitted from all over um, the globe. I, I can't remember how many countries. I think we had 10 countries that submitted. Awesome. And, uh, this is one of the, this was, a, I think, an eight-year-old girl that uh, produced this logo.
0: Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah. Good, good energy. Yes. Good energy. Yeah, for sure. All right.
0: So visit webofwellbeing.org. It's in the chat box. Learn more about their global initiative and- Quinn,
1: we're coming on the end of our time. Oh, my God, thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. And I do have one more thing I'd like to share, if that's okay, Go for it. All right. Well, um, you know, some people don't want to do one-to-ones, or they might want to learn more about resilient young minds. And so I have a webinar happening on Monday. Um, June 22nd. I'm in Vancouver, BC. So I need to do it um, a little later in the day. So I'm hoping that's not too late for some people. But email me anyways at um, our young at gmail.com. If you're interested, if you can't make the 7pm because you're on the East Coast, um, please let me know that too. And I'll see what I can do.
0: Got it. Okay. So, you know, me, I'm trying to, of course, I'm trying to type rather than listen. I'm sorry. All right. That's okay. (laughs) minds at gmail.com. Now that's in the chat box for you guys too. And so Monday night, you can catch up with this resilient young minds webinar. What a great idea. What's the right age group to consider yourself as having a young mind? Don't we have young minds? Well, that was my thinking, but
1: I don't know if I could market for that or not. Yeah. yeah, you know, because of the work I do with with children, it, it, I want people to think about that, even preschool children. I You know, the work I did so much in elementary school, it's like, wow, we need to reach out to parents in elementary school. And even if your children are in their 20s or 30s, sometimes you just, how do I support uh-huh. them? And and as adults, we want to surround our children um, from a state of mind of health and well-being, So it's more, it's just about us as much as the people that are in our lives. So yes, um, awesome. it's for anyone.
0: Awesome. Well, again, Quinn, thank you. I'm glad that we caught that and, and it's all here. So your information is there in the chat box. Great. <sighs> oh, thank you for
1: being here. Thank you. This has been delightful. And thank you for doing this, you know, this um, raising some awareness around prevention. Um, there's a lot being done in intervention, but if we could do prevention more, if we can bring awareness to how the mind works at a younger ages so that they can enjoy their childhood, enjoy their teen years, that we as parents can enjoy our children at whatever stage they're at in their lives or whatever struggles they show up with, we're there for them. And that is prevention. And I think that is the role that, uh, that you're doing on a global scale <laughs> right now. So thank you for doing that.